0: Up the name of Jesus, amen. We give him thanks. We'll continue to worship his name tonight. Come on, let's do it. Woo. Thank you, Heavenly Father. We give you all of the honor. Give you the praise. So grateful, Lord. We can sing that tonight and every day, aren't we, Church? Say, Will "You make me brave." Thank you, Jesus. You know, Pastor says this all the time. Had it not been for the Lord, where would we be, Church? Had it not been for the Lord, and so we come into church tonight, and we come in on Sundays. For one reason and one reason only, to continue our walk, and to make sure that those that are walking with us are constantly holding us accountable. And we say, Amen, are you? How's life doing? You doing okay? We say, Lord, tonight, Lord, we want one person to hold us accountable. We want to draw near to you tonight. And so, Heavenly Father. Tonight, as we sing this song to you, it is going to be our prayer tonight. Lord, that we come in, Lord, and just set everything aside, focus on one thing. I walk, walk with you, Lord. I walk with you, Lord, becoming more like Jesus. As we sing this song, church, let it be our prayer tonight, really just letting everything go. I hope this song just ministered to you. Trading a crown for a crown You willingly die. Your innocent life paid the call Counting your status as nothing The king of all kings came to serve Washing my feet Covering me with your love If more of you means less of me Come on, take care you are convicting us right now in this moment Lord in some areas in our life that we're not letting you in on and that we're not surrendering to you Lord to truly make everything about you so Father we do pray make me more like Jesus so Father as we sing this we continue to sing this Lord it's truly our song of repentance to say Lord if more of you means less of me take everything church can we sing that one more time because i know the lord is working in this place tonight i know the lord is working in some of you right now and he's talking to you he is i feel it i feel the lord is tugging at some hearts tonight saying hey i'm talking to you so as we sing this one more time we're going to sing this chorus Lift your voices up in prayer as we say, if more of you means less of me, take everything. Come on, lift it up. Let's sing it together. If more of you means less of me, take everything. Come on. Yes, all of you is all I Again, if more of you, if more of you, means less of. You. for what you're doing in our lives, Lord. Thank you for what you're doing in this moment of worship and this time together, Lord. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for the movement of your Holy Spirit, Lord. Thank you that even in the tumultuous times that we're living in right now, Lord, that we come into this place with uncertainty, Lord, that the firm foundation that is Jesus, Lord, will always be there for us. And that's why we can always say take everything, Lord, because I want to be more like Jesus, the firm foundation. I want to be a firm foundation, a firm foundation for my family, a firm foundation for my community, a firm foundation, Lord, for those around me. Lord, in this moment, we lift up in prayer, Lord, those around us, Lord, those to our right and to our left. We don't know what they're going through. Father, in this room right now, there are people being affected by the wildfires in Las Vegas and up north. But the largest wildfire in the nation right now is in our very backyard. So, Father, we pray healing over that, Lord, and that you would take control over that, Father. That you would supernaturally, Lord, somehow, way the only way that you know how is to extinguish that fire. for the first responders that are taking care of that, Lord, and every volunteer there, Father, the evacuees coming into our city and surrounding areas, Father, that we, the church, would open our homes that we would open our arms, Lord, to be the church to those Lord that are in need in that moment. Father, and in this moment of worship, thank you, Lord, for being able to breathe in your grace as we exhale, Lord, and breathe out your praise, Lord, because you're worthy of every bit of it. Thank you, Heavenly Father. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, church, can we celebrate the Lord tonight for what he has done. Thank you, Jesus. Church, why don't you greet one another tonight in the name of Jesus.
1: extroverts do your thing for a little while longer introverts are good now yeah (laughs) all right how you doing church yeah all right it's fantastic to see you guys all tonight Uh, church we got a few exciting announcements before we get started with everything else for this evening Um, starting first and foremost class signups are still underway uh, out in the mall for Christian education and so again guys Christian education classes are a fantastic way to deepen your faith. You know, I had a professor who always, he would always say say to me, David, there's a difference between having a child-like faith and a child-ish faith, and the difference between that is actually taking steps of intentionality towards deepening your walk and maturing in your faith. And so if you're looking for an opportunity to do that, you want to start understanding more of the text and stuff like that, um, we have... That huge tent out in the mall—there's no way you can miss it. I'm I'm sure you guys saw it on the way in. Christian education classes classes are uh, sign Christian education class signups are still open, and so you can go out into the mall and you can find the teachers hanging out there too. You can ask some questions, whatever it is. Uh, Go check out that tent after service because it is—we have so many amazing classes that are truly, truly so nourishing. And I'm just so excited for this next semester of Christian Ed classes. Um, Also, let's not forget. Um, Ladies in the house, Sisterhood is doing their Mother's Day potluck brunch Saturday at 10 a.m. with guest speaker Pastor Cindy Mansfield. Have you heard of her? She's a pretty cool lady. Yeah, yeah. Um, It'll be here at the church 10 a.m. this Saturday. Um, and along with that church, uh, we've got so many other things constantly happening here in the life of the church. If you want to stay up to date on what's going on here at New Beginnings, check out our, uh, what's it called? I just completely lost it, the Connect booth, uh, right, or the Info booth right out in the mall. Uh, we've got plenty of people out there just handing out flyers and stuff like that. If you're looking to stay connected and stay in the know of what's going on here, check out the Info booth out in the mall. We've also got NBCABQ.com forward slash events. That's where we post every single thing that's happening in the life of the church. And you can even get more info on our kids' ministries, on our youth ministry, college age, and stuff like that. So many exciting things are coming uh, up. And so if you want to stay in the loop, nbcabq.com forward slash events and also our NBCABQ app. And if you need help navigating those resources, like the website or the app, you can get help with that at our info booth right out in the mall. So, again, church, uh, that's another fantastic way to stay plugged in. And also, church, we just want to give you another just thank you so much for your continuous and faithful giving. Uh, Just a reminder, we have our tithing boxes located in all corners of the sanctuary. We've got text to give. We've got NBCABQ forward slash give and our NBCABQ uh, app. And so there's so many different ways to give, church. And so I just want to thank you so much for continuing to be faithful with your tithes and offerings. Because without you, none of this would be possible. Are you all with me, church? All right, well. Why don't we welcome uh, Pastor Richard to the stage this evening? And also, if we have any 6th grade through 12th graders in here, uh, youth is starting now, so you can feel free to follow me out the sanctuary into the youth wing. All right, so any 6th and 12th graders. Thank you. Amen. Thank you, Brother David. So
2: those 6th graders through 12th grade, you guys are dismissed. And uh, I do want to let you know of two major events I'm really hoping you'll support. Uh, If you could get away from work, one of them is tomorrow. Tomorrow is a national day of prayer. Do you know that the national day, the first time, the United States wasn't even a country yet, but they called for a national day of prayer in the year uh, 1775, and that was 247 years ago. And then in 1952, uh, President Truman... Uh, declared the first Thursday of the month of May is the National Day of Prayer. And that was 70 years ago. So we've been praying for a long time and we've been hosting the National Day of Prayer downtown for many, many years. I hope you will be there. We're gonna have an amazing worship team made up of about six, seven churches from around the city. And uh, it's gonna start at 11.30 to one o'clock. And we're hoping that you will be there. The very next night, Friday night, men of God, listen. We're having a men of valor rally here at the church. We're gonna start feeding everyone a free hamburgers and hot dogs starting at five o'clock. But at 6.30, we start with worship and we celebrate the Lord. And then uh, a dear friend, and minister of the gospel in our city. He also happens to be the weatherman on Channel 4 in the morning. Steve Stucker will be preaching here, and I hope you'll come out to support him and be here. So, men of God, come out this Friday, and I hope to see you guys here. Well, let's get into the Word of God. Guys, I, just heads up, man. I'm starting a Bible study every Thursday night. It's gonna be at 6.30 to 8 o'clock. And I hope you guys will sign up to come out for that. And there's a lot of other things going on, but uh, anyway, let's get in the Word. I've been doing this Wednesday night series called Living Without Regrets. There's so many things that we do that we regret, and we go like, man, why did I do that? Why did I do that? Have you ever heard the expression, you, they stuck their foot in their mouth? I don't know if any of you have. Well, actually you have because I saw a few of you with a foot-shaped mouth. Uh, <laughs> I've done that before, you know what I mean? It's like, man, what's wrong with us? And and I want to talk about tonight on how to be able to speak with love, speak with life. Because the Bible says in the book of Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21, that the tongue can bring death or life, those who love to talk will reap the consequences. Sometimes we just talk too much. We don't know when to be quiet. Not only be quiet, some of us don't know when to shut up. In the book of Pro, I mean, uh, Hebrews, uh, he, uh, Ephesians, in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29, it says, Do not use foul or abusive language. But let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. So Father, I pray that tonight you would help us to understand the difference between speaking death and life. And oh, that we would be life speakers. I pray in Jesus' name, amen. Listen, this isn't just about our mouth, we need to ask God to sanctify our mouth, but sanctify our our fingers on what we text, what we post, what we say, what we do. Because some people are really hurting people and we need to understand that there's life or death in the tongue. And we need to be speaking life. We need to be proclaiming life. Jesus said, I came that you might have life and have it abundantly. But the devil comes to kill, steal, and destroy. He wants to completely annihilate us. He's ruthless. He is merciless. He doesn't show any kind of mercy whatsoever. So if you're ever thinking, oh, well, oh, come on, enough's enough. It's not like the, the devil goes, you poor thing, I understand. I'll back off. He wants to destroy you. And sometimes we destroy ourselves because of the things that come out of our mouth. So I want us to understand, first of all, I want us to look at at, at the word and see how we speak death. And we speak death, first of all, when we complain. When you go around complaining, you are speaking death. When you complain, we are speaking destruction. We speak death when we complain. Man, there's people that are all pumped up and there's somebody walks in the room. Man, they could just take one person to take the life out of a room. You all know those kind of people. The minute they come, there's some that are the life of the party. They come in, and the minute they walk in, they're speaking blessing over everyone. They're, man, it's good to see you. How are you doing? You look great. God bless you. You're doing awesome. I'm so proud of you. And, man, it just elevates everybody. And then are those people that they go, oh, no, no, there he comes. There's Johnny. Johnny's about to walk in. Susie's about to, ah, there it goes. And everyone's all, oh. They deflate the balloon. They take the life out of the very presence. The atmosphere is completely crushed because all they ever do is complain and complain and complain and complain. And you're like, what are you gonna complain about now? I don't even have anything to complain about. That's what I'm complaining about. Everything's going good. I don't understand why everything's going good. Oh my gosh. I think every one of us knows somebody like that, don't we? Please don't point them out. In the book of Philippians, chapter two, verse fourteen, that says, "Do everything without complaining and arguing." Quit your complaining! My goodness gracious! Sometimes people are complaining about stuff to, and complaining at, at stores where people have no control over it. They're doing the best they can. Back off! Be kind to people at stores. Be kind in the real the the, the 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 stores that are out there. Those that are in retail. Those poor people. Sometimes they just jump it all over their throat. They're screaming at them for no reason. And it's like I, I have no control. I don't order the clothing. That's what we have. I'm sorry they sold out. I I don't know how many were here. I'm sorry that you showed up a day late and a dollar short. But they're complaining, 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 and they speak destruction. And you see their children or you see their family, and they're all a bunch of complainers. And that's all they ever do is complain. Hey, we're going to have free pizza. They didn't get any cheese. They didn't get any pepperoni. They left the green chili off. Oh, my gosh, that's free. But people complain. Complain, complain, complain. We speak death when we complain. We also speak death when we criticize. It's not just complaining, you're criticizing. Some people call it constructive criticism. I don't. If I'm going to speak into somebody's life, I give them constructive praise and then constructive advice. There's a big difference with with constructive criticism because you're criticizing them. Constructive advice, you're giving them advice that's gonna help them, gonna edify them, gonna strengthen them. Some of you, it's like you were born to just destroy people. That's all you do is criticize about everything. You can't ever have everyone happy and you're going around constantly just being so destructive and judgmental and harsh on people. In the gospel of Luke, chapter 6, verse 37, it says, Do not judge others, and you will not be judged. Do not condemn others, or it will all come back against you. Forgive others, and you will be forgiven. He's saying, don't you get it, quit judging people, quit criticizing people, quit coming down on people. Look, if you're training someone, that's a different thing. You're training them, you're showing them, hey, look, you're falling short here, but I'm saying it to help you get stronger. Some people, man, you get a promotion, oh, you think you're all bad now, oh, look at you. Oh, whose apple did you have to polish? Man, you know how it is. Some of you can't even celebrate your promotion. You just got a new car. You can't tell anybody. Maybe it's not brand new, but it's new to you. But you don't tell anybody. Because right away they go, oh, it's not that nice. It's already a year old. It's, it's that they, they start putting it down. They criticize. They, they come after you and they say things that are really hurtful and really destructive. And it's like, what's wrong with this picture? Why do we do that? Quit your complaining. Quit your criticizing. And another thing that that some people do is we speak death when we cuss. Cuss words are painful. We speak death when we cuss. Man, it's like words that are piercing. I hear some moms or dads talking to their children in ways that are, Ugly. Get over here, you little, poor kid, man. It's like, wow, I love you so much, mijo, you, like, it's all confusing. If you love me so much, why are you cussing me out? Why are you saying those harsh things to me, mom? Why are you saying those harsh things to me, dad? They hurt. I thought you said you love me. Why are you saying those harsh things to me, wife? Why are you saying those harsh things to me, husband? I thought you said you loved me. Why are you saying those harsh things to me, child? Why are you saying those harsh things to me, brother, my sister? Whoever it might be, words are cutting. Whoever said sticks and stones will never, or will break my bones, but words will never harm me, was a liar. Words will kill you, they assassinate your character. They, they pierce your heart. You start second guessing yourself because people are saying things about you. I say, look, don't receive it. It's like I've, I told a couple one time because the husband had called his wife a really ugly name, and I said, "Are you that?" And she goes, "No." I go, "Let me ask you something. If he called you a chair, how would you accept it?" She goes, "A chair." Yeah, what if he said, you're just a chair? And she laughed, just like you. She was like, what, a chair? She goes, that's so stupid. I'm not a chair. That's like dumb. It doesn't even make sense. I go, that's my whole point. You're not a chair, and you're not what he called you. But they're piercing words. They cut deep, a cuss word, pierces you, a cuss word takes life out of you. In the book of Ephesians chapter four, verse 31, it says, get rid of all bitterness, a rage and anger, harsh words and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. It's saying, get rid of these things because you will destroy people and you will destroy your own reputation because they go, oh man, that's got, that's a, Guys, got the mouth of a sailor. I feel sorry for sailors. I knew some sailors, and some of them had a horrible mouth, and others didn't. But what they were trying to say is, man, they're out of control. Their language is destructive. Their, ang- their language is killing people's soul. When you cuss, it, it messes with your identity. God says you were a child of the king, God says you are his elect. God says you are his redeemed. God says you have been washed by the blood of the lamb. But a cuss word like nullifies all that because you just, it rings in your head over and over. Can't believe my dad said that to me. I can't believe my mom said that. Can't believe my husband, my wife, my son, my daughter, my friend, my many on and on and on. I can't believe because those words are piercing. They take life out of you. They speak death into you, so don't receive it. We also speak death when we use controlling speech, controlling words. What I mean by that is when you want someone to do it your way and your way only, and I'm not talking instruction. I'm talking where you're now shifting things. You you see this with the Bible says and it warns us that in the end times, we're going to start seeing people preaching stuff that is completely wrong, but it's to manipulate and control people, to control their thinking. It's a speech that is controlling and it's manipulative and it's a speech that, that alters and it changes. And, and before you know it, it's bringing death into your life. It, it confuses your faith. It confuses your backbone. It confuses your very foundation. And then you start wondering, second guessing stuff that you never second guessed before. But now you're even wondering: Is there even a God? What do you mean? Is there even a God? Of course, there's a God, and He is very real. You bump into Him every day. You need to go on a God search. On your way home tonight, be on a God search. See how many times you can see God on the way home tonight. See him like, wow, look at that, how nice that people are. Look, golly, man, they almost got in a wreck and God protected them. Man, look at this. Just be on a God hunt. But people are manipulative and and they're changing words and they're controlling speech. They're, They're messing with people's lives. And some of us allow it to happen. Some of us invited into our home with some of the stuff that we watch. It's like I was at this guy's house a while back, and there was some stuff on television that he was complaining about and screaming about saying, Oh my gosh, look at this garbage on television. I can't believe this is on. Look at that. Oh my gosh, that's ridiculous. And his wife goes, Well, baby, you got the remote control, change it. And I thought, that'll preach. Because you know what? There's people that their lives are miserable. I hate my life. I hate what happened. I hate what's going on. I hate this. I hate that. But they don't change it. Change the channel. Change the speech. Change the things that are being spoken into your life. Look in the book of Titus, chapter one, verse nine through 11. It says, we must have a strong belief in the trustworthy message that he taught us, then he will be able to encourage others with wholesome teaching and show those who oppose it where they are wrong. For there are many rebellious people, hear that, who engage in useless talk and deceive others. This is especially true of those who insist on circumcision for salvation. They must be silenced. He's talking about people speaking the false things and trying to manipulate and control people's direction and their faith and their religion. And he says, they gotta be silenced because they are hurting, they are turning whole families away from the truth by their false teaching. And they do it. Only for money. He said, my goodness gracious, this has to change. This has to change. We've got to quit using speech that is trying to control things when it's false. They labeled false news. There's so many things that are false anymore, you don't even know what's real. Like you go to the store and they go, "This is made with real milk." What do you mean, made with real milk? That's some milk? <laughs> then there's others that this was made with almonds. It's almond milk. I didn't even know you could milk almonds. <laughs> I'm like, I really, I go, how, how do they do this? It's so it's so weird. Man, I don't know. I just have a warped mind because I used to milk a cow. I know how you milk a cow how do you milk an almond? It's weird. This is, no, you don't even know what's real anymore. They're shifting and changing the narrative. They're saying, well, I don't feel like a man anymore. I'm gonna, I feel more like a woman. They are changing the narrative. They're changing the narrative. And they're doing it at very, very young age like little boys that they don't like playing with girls because girls have cooties. So you know what they start asking them? Oh, so you don't like playing with girls? So you, you don't like girls? You only like boys? You must be homosexual. And they're teaching that at a young kindergarten. It's like, what's wrong? They're, they're using this controlling speech to take people down a path that doesn't even exist. It's time that we rise up. Don't allow this destructive speech to come out of our mouth because we speak death. And another thing is we speak death when we clash. Look, we're not always gonna agree, but we don't have to go to war over it. But man, there's people that clash there. They fight for everything. They go, hey, man. They go, oh, look. On Sunday mornings, look, I want a donut with caramel. That's my donut with caramel. It's like, I want the ones with the bacon bits on it. Well, I want the one with the cereal on it. I'm like, oh my gosh, just relax. You're getting a free donut. Don't even have the donuts I like. Well, I already saw you eat too. Did you, were you trying to find out if you like those or what? <laughs> People clash. People get all shook up over it's like, look, I, I, look, I don't even hardly watch sports on television, but I've been a Dallas Cowboy fan since I was a little boy, so I still cheer for the Cowboys, but I don't get all shook up over it. If they win, hey, we won. If they lose, oh, yeah, we, they, there we go again. It's not the end of the world. There are some people that might even talk to me after this. I can't believe you're dug the cowboys. What's wrong with you, Pastor? Why are you back? You're you're backstabbing them. No, I'm not. But see, people clash over weird stuff. They clash over weird stuff. Like I've always liked motorcycles since I was a kid. When I was a kid, a young boy, I think I was about ten. I went and I was mowing lawns, and I saved enough money to buy a mini bike. I got home with my mini bike, and, and my mom goes, You're not going to have a mini bike. Where'd you get the money? To buy? I was mowing I lawns. Oh, go get your money back because you're not going to have a motorcycle. Man, I hate, hated losing my mom at a young age, but I was 18 when she died. Right after she died, I went and got a mini bike. Well, not by then, I got a motorcycle, and I got a Yamaha. And people go, oh, you got a bike, yeah. And then I got a Kawasaki, yeah. They go, you ride, yeah. What do you ride? You ride a Harley? I go, no, it's not a Harley. It's a Hardley. <laughs> it's hardly a Harley. <laughs> <laughs> See, I can joke about it. But, oh, man, Yamahas are better than Hondas. Hondas are better than Suzuki's and Kawasaki's and, and Harley's and, and, and Indians and Triumphs. And oh, my gosh. Chill out. Chill out. People clash over weird stuff. One time we had a potluck at the old church and and this lady made these beans and oh my gosh, I thought they were delicious. And this other lady walked in and goes, who made these beans? And they said she did. They go, people of that race don't know how to make beans and she dumped the beans out. They go, what's wrong with you? See this. They have issues. They have issues that they they clash and because they clash, it it kills people's spirits. What's wrong with people? See, there's life or death in the tongue and, and, and we kill people when we complain and we criticize and when we cuss and when we control and when we clash. So remember that. Look what it says in Proverbs 20, verse 3. Avoiding a fight is a mark of honor. Only fools insist on quarreling. I used to tell people, look, I I didn't get in a lot of fights when I was young. I used to tell people, dude, you really want to fight? I I don't want to fight, dude. I really think I could beat you up, and I think you know I could beat you up. But you're probably getting getting a couple hits in, and the, the, it hurts to get punched. So I show my fist, man, that big fist. I'll punch you if you want me to, but if not, let's just work this out. You're right, man. You're right. <laughs> I, I wasn't even a Christian at the time, but I was still a peacemaker because, man, it hurts. <laughs> it hurts to fight, and if you don't get hurt physically, it wounds your spirit. Brings death. So let's move forward. I want to I share with you now on how we could speak life. How we could speak life and, and bring hope and bring encouragement. Because number one, we speak life through how we communicate. Through how we communicate. How do you communicate? I, I, do, you, do you really speak encouragement? Do you speak hope? Do you speak dreams? In the book of Colossians chapter four, verse six, it says, let your conversation be gracious and attractive so that you will have the right response for everyone. So he's saying we need to have a gracious and loving conversation. Let's speak life. Let's communicate in a loving way. Why do you want now? Man, your poor kid's all, whoa. Your husband's all, whoa. Your wife's all, whoa. How are you communicating? How are you sharing? How you share will really make a huge difference. You could speak encouragement and love just by the way you communicate to comfort. Remember when your little kids got hurt? and they're crying that deep, deep hurt cry, and they're, <laughs> and you pick them up, and you go, oh, baby, it's okay, hey, baby. It's okay. You didn't go, what's wrong with you, you stupid idiot? Quit your crying. Man, you're, you're comforting, you're speaking life, and, and you're bringing healing to the wounds, and you're calming down their spirit. In the book of Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29, it says, don't use foul or abusive language, let everything that you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. We also speak life through how we commend, not condemn, but commend. We give out commendations. We speak honor. We speak hope. We speak just something positive. You get a commendation for what you've done. You don't expect it. You just did it, and you did it because you were there at the right time. And you try to help, but later on, they commend you. I'll never forget, I used to be a police chaplain, and I got called out to, a, a, there had been a big old gang fight, and there was people there that had died, and, and I'm ministering to one of the family members of their grandson that had died right at their front door. And and uh, while their chaos was outside, I go in the house, and there was chaos there, but the little old lady that I was talking to all of a sudden, her head went down on the table, and you just hear. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. I'm thinking she fainted. And they're going, oh, no, Grandma had a heart attack. She's having a heart attack. I go, does she have nitro or anything? We don't know. And they're going crazy looking for nitro. So I pick up this little old lady, and I go lay her down on a sofa. I, I didn't know CPR. I just seen it on television. So I put her on a sofa. I didn't put her on a hard surface. You're supposed to put them on a hard surface. I put her on a sofa and I go, hurry up, go get the police, go get an ambulance, get somebody!" because they were outside, all kinds of people. Well, man, they couldn't find an ambulance because they were taking all the people that had got stabbed and everything to the hospitals. And next thing you know, an officer finally comes in. But by then, it seemed like eternity. And they're going, do something. Like, oh, God, in the name of Jesus, here I go. And I saw them do compressions on her chest. So, she's on a sofa, <coughs> and I'm going, in the name of Jesus, and I'm going like that, and she's bouncing, toin 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 toin. <laughs> it's like, oh my gosh. And I'm going, toin toin toin, and I push down, and she goes, Ugh. and out again, I go, they're going, keep doing it, chaplain, keep doing it. And I'm like, here I go, Lord, and I kept saying, Lord, in the name of Jesus, and I started compressions again. And she goes, "Ah, ah, don't push anymore. Because you usually break their sternum. And I saved her life. I didn't think about saving her life. I just was like, oh my God, we got to do something. It saved her life. And later on, they had the big to do downtown and and they were honoring different officers. And on on that day, They wanted me to go because I was supposed to get honored for saving someone's life. Well, I had a Bible study that night. We used to do Friday night Bible studies. So I'm not going to go to that thing. I'm going to go to my Bible study. Then they called me on Monday. They were real mad. Why didn't you show up? We had a commendation for you. I go, really? They go, yeah, we wanted to commend you for saving this old lady's life. And well, man, just knowing that she lived was exciting for me. But they wanted to give honor where honors do. There's nothing wrong with giving honor where honors do. We need to be able to receive honor. We need to be able to to receive it, but don't let it go to your head. Don't walk around, well, I saved someone's life. Well, guess what? Sometimes you kill people's life with your words and your actions. See, we need to be able to commend people when they need to be commended. In the book of James chapter 5, verse 11, it says, we give honor to those who endure under suffering. See, we honor them. For instance, you know about Job, a man of great endurance, You can see how the Lord was kind to him at the end, for the Lord is full of tenderness and mercy. Man, give honor where honor's due. In the book of Philippians chapter two, verse 29, it says, welcome him to the Lord's love and with great joy and give him the honor that people like him deserve. In the book of Romans chapter 12, verse 10, it says, love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. So see, there's nothing wrong with honoring people. There's nothing wrong with speaking life. Some people go, oh, oh you're letting it go to your head. You're, you're just bragging too much about them. And you're, no, 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 we're giving honor where honors do. We're saying, you know what? God used them supernaturally. God really impacted a community. God really impacted lives because of that person. And we're so excited it t- took place. Speak commendation, commend them, encourage them, build them up. Some of your kids are going to be graduating next week or the week after, actually. They're going to be walking the line and, man, commend them. Say, great job. Don't say, you could have been on the top 10. You just didn't work hard enough. No, don't do that. It already happens. Just say, you know what, I'm proud of you. You finished high school. i forget when we first started this church 40 years ago. There were very few people that they started coming and we were going to honor Graduates. And there were no graduates. And I said, hey, how many of you have graduated? Not one person had graduated from high school. We tried to encourage and tried to help and tried to train and tried to build them up and say, man, you could do it. We had some people that were up in their years and they went back to night school and finished and watched, walked the line. There was some that got their GD. There was some that kept moving up and we were trying to help them elevate to another level of life. Now we have people that have got their their high school diplomas. They've graduated from college with their undergraduate degree. They've gone on to get their master's with their master's degree. Some have gone on to get their doctorate degree. And we even have some that have become medical doctors that are part of our congregation. And we say glory to God because we're able to help them encourage them and commend them and let them know keep up the good work. Another thing we need to do, we speak life through how we use calming words. Calming words. And sometimes when you're all amped up, your voice gets louder. My voice gets loud. I'm a loud person anyway. But man, when I start getting all excited and I'm, I, I I get louder and louder and oh my gosh, yeah, oh you should have seen what happened. Oh it was so cool. Some people go, Holy cow, is that dude mad or <laughs> glad or what's wrong with him? And I just get all amped up. And I have to remind myself, calm down. Cindy, Cindy tells me, use your inside voice. <laughs> you <know? laughs> okay, she doesn't really say that, but she gives me that look. And I go, okay, I know, I know, I'm really loud right now. It's like, it, it's, it's, it's personality. But man, when someone is not happy, you don't encourage them with a loud voice. You don't calm them down with a loud voice. You, you magnify the situation even more. You just need to lower your voice and go, I'm really sorry you're going through that. Oh my gosh, I don't know what I'm going to do. You know what, I, may I pray with you. And, and, and the softer you put your voice, they start, okay, I need to calm down. I need to chill out. In the book of Psalms, 94, verse 19, it says, when doubts fill my mind, you comfort, your comfort. It gave me renewed hope and cheer. In Proverbs chapter 12, verse 25, it says, worry weighs a person down. An encouraging word cheers a person up. Isn't that the truth? Have you had like a total stranger someplace at the bank or at the grocery store at Walmart or or you're at the flea market and they just go, hey, good morning. God, you look so handsome today. You look so pretty today. And you're all walking like this and all of a sudden, what are they? Really? <laughs> uh, yeah. It, it, it speaks life into you. It speaks hope into you. It renews your whole thinking. It changes the way you approach things. In the book of Proverbs, chapter 15, verse 1, it says, a gentle answer turns away wrath that deflects anger, but harsh words make tempers flare. So gentleness, calmness, chill out, bring it down. And then the fourth way that we speak life is we speak life through how we care for others. Caring words, building up words, words that are gonna edify, words that are gonna encourage, words that are gonna strengthen. I got a phone call this week and the the place where I go to my doctor, I've, I've been going there since, for, for, for I think, 35 years. And most of the ladies that work there I've been there thirty five, twenty five, twenty years. So well, I know them. They know me. They know my family. They know Cindy. They know my, my daughter, my grandsons. They know, and I, I know the doctor. And we become friends. I, when his wife died, he goes, "You're he goes, you're our pastor here." So I buried his wife. I did the service, and then one of the nurses, her husband died. I did the, that service. One of the other nurses, just her husband died, and I did that service. And I get a phone call because one of the ladies that works there, and she always goes, "Hey, my brother from another mother," and I go, "Hey, my sister from another mister." So when she called, she goes, "I, I saw who it was from," so I go, "Hey, my sister from another mister, Richard." She just broke down. I go, "What happened? What happened? What?" calm down, what's going on? She goes, they murdered my son. And I'm like, oh my gosh. Cindy and I were crying with her and then I just started speaking life and I started speaking care and I started speaking hope. And at the end, she's like, hi, Richard, thank you. I needed this phone call so bad. I needed you to speak into my life. Oh, I can breathe again. Oh, thank you. She called me again today, and she goes, "I just need you to share some of your words again." And I was sharing scripture and reading scripture because my words might kind of just impress her, but the Word of God's going to impact her. And I started sharing the Word, and I texted her over like a whole bunch of scriptures. That she goes, and she said, "Oh my gosh, I've been reading those and." Letting them speak to my life. You see, words of care show people we really care. They really do. We need to understand that. We've got to encourage. The book of Gospel of John, chapter thirteen, verse thirty five, it says, Your love for one another will prove to the whole world that you are my disciples, your love. In the book of James, chapter 2, verse 15 through 17, it says, suppose you see a brother or sister who has no food or clothing, and you say, goodbye, have a good day, stay warm, eat well, but you don't give that person any food or clothing. What good does that do? He says. So you see, faith by itself isn't enough unless it produces good deeds. It is dead and useless. Faith without works is dead. We've got to change things. In the book of Ephesians, chapter 4, verse 32, it says, Instead, be kind to each other, tender hearted. Forgiving one another just as God through Christ has forgiven you. And that's not an easy thing to do, but it's definitely possible. Very last thing I want to say is that we speak life through how we mentor, how we coach people, how we really encourage them, how you mentor them, how you train them, how you build them up how you speak deep into their spirit. In the book of Matthew, chapter 28, verse 20, it says, teach these new disciples to obey all the commands that I have given you, and be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. And in the book of Ephesians, chapter 4, verse 11 through 13, it says, now these are the gifts that God, Christ, gave to the church. He said, "This is what the Lord has given us." He says, "Apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors and teachers." And their responsibility is to equip God's people to do His work and build up the church. So see, you're supposed to be coaching and mentoring and guiding and instructing and helping. And this will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. So he's saying, when you do these things and you train people and you coach them and you mentor them and you guide them and you instruct them, You build them up into a strength that they become mature Christians and they do things the right way and they end up producing amazing fruit as they impact the lost and dying world with the love of Jesus Christ. So tonight, church, (coughs) what I want to encourage you with, I want to encourage you to deepen your faith to deepen your faith and some of you have a tiny bit of faith and he said well, that's okay because even the faith the size of a mustard seed can move mountains but he doesn't want us to stay with small faith because throughout the scriptures you see Jesus saying oh you man, you men of little faith he wants to build us up. So we need to make a choice. Are we going to speak life or are we going to speak death? And so you have never even surrendered your life to Jesus. So if you want to do that today, raise your hand and say, Pastor, I've never given my life to Jesus Christ and I want to do that today. Is there anyone here? Raise your hand so I'll know. Amen. Praise God. Anyone else? anyone else well if you raise your hand stand up I I, want to pray with you it's a great decision you're making church would would all all of you say this prayer with these wonderful people just say this prayer say Heavenly Father today I ask you to forgive me of all my sins and give me a new beginning I want to do things right I want to grow in the Lord. I want to get stronger in my faith and in my walk with you. I accept Jesus Christ as my Savior and Lord. And I pray in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Let me give you a hug, guys. What a joy, what a joy, what a joy. up for Eric and Gloria. Now look, some of you have to make some decisions tonight because your mouth has been bringing destruction in your marriage, in your home, to your parents, your grandparents, your loved ones, people you work with. And you have really bruised their spirit. Some of you are putting out social media that is just a shame to the name of Jesus Christ. And you're speaking death. And you're speaking destruction. Some of you need to repent. Some of you need to come to an altar. You can make it there where you are, but there's something powerful about walking up because it's a surrender saying to God, not to us, but saying to God, I I blew it. I've had my foot in my mouth too much. I've been hurting people. Or you maybe need to say, God, I'm so beat up because people have been hurting me. Please heal my wounds. Whatever you might want, if you want prayer, make your way up right now. We want to pray with you. Would you stand with us? We're not going to be long, but let the Lord minister to you. Thank you. is our prayer, Father, that you make us more and more like you. Father God, we're surrendering everything over to you. We're surrendering, Lord, and asking forgiveness for the times we've hurt people with our complaining and our criticizing and our cussing and our just backbiting and our clashing. And God, we just did things we never should have done. But, Father God, we want to be life givers, not life takers. So, Father God, we consecrate our tongue to you, our mouth to you. We consecrate our hands to you. That, Lord, the things that we will type and we will text and we will speak will edify, build up and not tear down. It will add life and not take away. So, God, we consecrate our technology to you, our electronics, our computer, our tablets, our phones, any device that we get information out and speak that, Lord, it would be a blessing and you would be the filter. God, be the filter of our mouth. Father, hold us from saying things that, Lord, come out of our mouth that bring pain to our husband, pain to our wife or our son or our daughter, our father, our mother, our grandparents, our grandchildren. Pain at work, pain at school, Lord, pain in the marketplace. Father, guide us, help us, lead us, instruct us, and let us be world changers. But it's got to start with a change of heart. And Lord, that's what we ask right now. And we pray this in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. And God's people shout out, amen. Praise God. Church, we love you. Don't forget, tomorrow is National Day of Prayer. I hope to see you downtown at the Civic Plaza. If not, I'll see you Friday, men of God, here at 5 o'clock, 6.30. The service starts.